0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com nerd supernerdpals. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash supernerdpals.
1: What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 133 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host, Andy Karasquilla.
2: And I'm Chris Sampson. I'm
0: Stan Goderski, opening up a collector's edition Fire Emblem Warriors Nintendo Switch. Here live!
2: are audio unboxing. Stan, do, it, do it right next to the microphone so everyone can hear the, right. that sweet plastic ripping.
0: You're gonna... This is our unboxing ASMR video. And now I'm opening the case. The fire switch and taking out the box. The strongest bonds are forged in battle. All right, I'm not gonna keep doing that. That's, man, that, that's, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't I'm make very good curious,
1: tape. What actually comes in the special edition the
0: uh, Well, I'm glad I'm glad you asked. So it came came with the game, which is always important. Um, then it came with this blue box wrapped in plastic that I'm not entirely sure what it is, but it's very hard. It's very strong case. Came a little poster of some very nice material, and it's got a list of all the previous Fire Emblem games with characters that are in this one, so you can go back and buy them if you want. And also on the back, they got the Japanese covers and stuff. That's cool. Uh, then we got a soundtrack for Fire Emblem Warriors, which is I think three discs. Yeah, three discs. Damn. Uh, okay, so the hard box that I didn't know what the hell that was, it's character card set, so it's like art cards basically.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, in the, uh, topic of you saying that bringing the game in a collector's edition is important, uh, funny story, my friend Joe bought a collector's edition on Amazon and they never sent him the game, so he made a complaint with Amazon and they resent him another collector's edition. Oh, wow.
2: So he has two collector editions?
1: Uh, it's not a Fire I don't remember what game it was, but yeah, he has two collectors.
2: Nice. It's
1: pretty, pretty, uh, funny.
0: Pretty nice art cards. Alright, let's start the show. Come on.
2: <laughs> don't pay attention to
0: me. Alright, well... Oh, they're like
2: holographic art <laughs> cards. Stan, how can you start the show when you're showing off your sweet swag? So sorry. Get out of here. This
0: literally came on my desk when I walked in to start recording. I'm a little distracted. Go ahead. Go go do it. I'll I'll jump in.
1: All right. So uh, we'll start off with the news bus. Um, uh, let's see, let's see what we got here. So fight, fucking Dragon Ball Z, uh, Fighter Z. Some uh. We got actually two new characters, right? It was two?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah we we got uh Napa and, 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 then, and oh, Captain Ginyu. Captain Ginyu.
1: No, I was right, we, we got one character, Napa.
0: No, Captain Ginyu also. No,
1: no, Napa!
0: Captain Ginyu. Ginyu
1: I don't want to use Ginyu.
0: The oh, entire okay. Ginyu Force though, as one character.
1: Listen, I'm I'm not a f I'm not a fan of Captain Ginyu.
0: You tell me you don't want to throw Goldo at somebody?
1: I wanted to throw Season 2 of Dragon Ball Z in the garbage.
0: Do you not like the Ginyu Force? You guys, got, you got a problem no, no, with the Ginyu Force?
1: All. My favorite Ginyu Force member is Raccoon and Jace.
0: I like Raccoon, but I don't like his voice acting in the English version. He just uh, got that's that big, that big dumb.
1: That's exclusively why I like Raccoon.
0: Ugh. I, just can't, I like, actually, I like the Team 4-star version of recruiting the most. Because he sounds like a Hulk Hogan, John Cena type.
2: <laughs> can we get John Cena to actually voice R- Raku? That'd be awesome. I can see him... It's, it's being... not too
1: late to cast him as Jiren. <laughs>
2: no,
1: I
0: would... No. Yeah, I guess if you're going to translate a, a wrestler to a Dragon Ball character, it'd be Jiren. How
2: about that episode, though, right? Too good. Ultra Instinct? Man. Ultra freaking Instinct. That was some good that, that fight scene was just mind-blowing as hell. That was some of the best I've fighting I've that seen.
1: Episode, well, those two episodes, I've watched them like six times already.
0: That's some good I can't,
1: shit. I can't. It's too good.
0: So how about the best Saiyan Nappa, though? How about that <laughs> Nappa? Hell yeah. <laughs> What is he what is his name a pun of again?
2: Uh that's a good question. Napa. Uh, uh I think Napa Cabbage? Is that what I say thinking of? Napa I'm getting there. Napa? Hold on. Japanese term for Oh yeah, Napa Cabbage general. is a thing. There you go.
0: Yeah, also form of cabbage keeping with other sayings using English words as the source of their names, so it's cabbage. But not actually cabbage.
2: My
1: question is can we get an alt costume of Napa with the hair?
0: With the one little sprig of hair. I want a ah, Super yeah, Saiyan yeah, Nappa where his like beard nice grows little, out.
1: He had a nice little set of hair at one point on Planet Vegeta before Vegeta was like two.
0: I feel like I said this before, but like Dragon Ball Fighters is the only game where I'll like shell out for additional costumes and crap if they offer that and stuff. But his arc system works, so I don't know if they will. It, they're not like Capcom. But I would totally buy alternate costumes for everybody.
1: I yeah. would too. How are you guys feeling on the Dragon Ball Z roster so far?
2: Uh, I mean, it's a slow trickle, but which is to be understandable, because the Japanese release date's not until February 2018, or February 1st, 2018, so it's we still have a bit of time, and stateside date release is not even announced yet.
1: It's um, probably gonna be, like, March, if I had to guess.
2: Yeah, but... I think to date what we, what we got uh this this is make 9 9 people that we know so far.
0: I think it's a I think it's a good spread between characters you expect and other ones that would be completely useless to any other Dragon Ball game but is kind of exciting that they're in this one. Like It's
1: very true. This is the first time you can use Yamcha and not feel at a disadvantage.
0: Yeah, especially if you're going to play online. Like it feels like now instead of going, oh, I'm just gonna make a team of Goku, Vegeta, and Trunks. Now I feel like compelled to be like, oh, well, maybe I'll work Yamcha into the team. Maybe I'll figure out a way to like fuck with people as Ginyu and do some body changing like in the middle of a match. Or maybe I'll throw in Yamcha in there. And I, I've always been a fan of Tien. so having him as a viable option in any game is super exciting. So I'm def- I'm. He might not be my A team, but I'm definitely gonna make a B team with like these. These lesser characters, absolutely. And...
1: I I feel like uh, I'm gonna wind up liking the playstyle of the uh, B list more than like Goku, Vegeta, uh, Piccolo. Like I feel like I'm gonna like the the lesser characters move list because it's gonna yeah. be more like it's gonna be very different. And, like, I feel like with Goku, it's just gonna be, like, quarter circle to attack for fucking Kamehameha. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean,
2: it's, like, it's, like, a lot like, if you just spam all, all the Kamehameha ways, as opposed to, like, maybe Tien or Yamcha, where they're maybe the, they're more melee-based. Yeah. Which would be really cool. Yeah, you
0: kind you know what to expect if you're gonna play Vegeta or Goku. They're,
2: like, they're basically the Ryu and
0: Ken of this game, you know, and you wanna go and you wanna play some crazy character. That's going to be, like, your Ginyus, your Yamchas, you know? And I think Ginyu might be really, the way that I'm seeing it, he might be, like, one of those sleeper, like, top-tier characters just because he has access to, like, the entire Ginyu force. So I feel like he's going to be having, he's going to have a lot of options to, like, mess with you and play mind games. Like, just having Goldo drop out of nowhere or, like, Jace throw a ball on your face.
2: That's true. I find it curious, like we haven't actually seen any confirmation of like super era characters yet. I mean, I, I mean, we got I've... we got the blue versions of Goku, Vegeta. Yeah, but so I want to like, see point. like Jiren. I want to see I mean, like Beerus. Do you really want to see Jiren? But showing... <laughs> do you really sh- want to
1: see that? But showing no, that... I
2: really want to see Broly and and Kale.
1: <laughs> showing that they're blue already shows that like uh, super version of characters are welcome.
0: Yeah, of so, course. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Hit or, I don't know, Beerus or something.
1: Or even yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing anybody. I'm, yeah. I'm like, kind of hesitant for them to drop in, like, the strongest, craziest characters because I feel like people are just going to gravitate towards them just because they see how strong they are on the show. And then everyone else is going to be, like...
1: But that's good, because that will technically like weed out all the people who just want to play it to like play as those characters, versus the people that are going to actually play the game, and I feel like that's where you're going to sleep online. You're going to see people picking Goku or Vegeta, and you're going to be like, oh, it's just one of those people that want to play Goku or Vegeta, and then you'll get a Krillin and get your ass whooped.
0: Yeah. So. I'm like, this is the only time where I'm full steam ahead with them like doing whatever bullshit that Capcom usually does like I want there to be a season pass I want there to be like extra characters coming out I want there to be like balance changes I want there to be like an arcade edition later that I have to buy again like this is the only time where I'm like yes do it I will I will pay and support this game for as long as possible because it looks amazing and it's it like everything be nice
1: if, it'd be nice if Capcom made a game that felt like that well, I mean, Capcom's got Street Fighter, but they're doing all of...
0: It doesn't... I don't know. I don't, want... I don't Nobody, want it. <laughs> when,
1: <laughs> when it comes to Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom, it's just like, Capcom, what are you doing? Get your shit together. But then when we get like a good game like this, it's like, no, we want you to do what Capcom was doing.
0: It's hard to, to like delineate that, because I'm not sure like if I'm just being biased, because I'd be like... I ain't gonna buy a zombie costume for Ryu. I don't give a fuck. I'm not spending five dollars on a Halloween. But then if they did that for Dragon Ball, I'd be like, zombie Goku? Here, take it. Take my money. <laughs> I'll put loot boxes in this game.
2: Like, watch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know what else is really, really exciting? About it, it, Dragon it, it, Ball?
0: I'm sorry, Chris. One second. Oh, okay, fine. The loot box <laughs> thing? If they made them capsules, I'd be done. Like, let me open Oh it's capsules game over. all day.
2: Game over, let yes, please. Capsules, like, boom,
0: and then, like, you get... Yeah, Let me get put... that. Make it like Tekken, let me put sunglasses and weird, like, accessories on whoever I want. Like, let me Dragon put... Dragon
2: Ball, Gashapon, hell yeah, let's yeah, do let it. Yeah,
0: let me put Vegeta in, like, a swim costume. Let me put him in swim trunks and in, like, a flotation device on his arms. Like, <laughs> let me do that.
2: For that, can put we... Roshi's glasses on him. Can we get... Can we get, uh, Vegeta's mustache?
0: Hell Yeah. Put <laughs> wouldn't be
2: as much as anybody. Just yes. like throw it on Goku. Ugh. It sounds so beautiful. Yeah, please do that. I would totally, I would, I would go bankrupt, but I would do, I would I would. That. I would
1: throw, uh, um, Nappa's pencil-thin mustache on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this game is looking really good right now. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I wanted to mention one more thing. Um so this was also in V Jump alongside the reveal of uh the two char- two new characters. Um also translated by Gematsu. So not only uh you have like this expanded roster and we'll find out more about it as we as we wait on, but the game story mode has this uh Mechanic where players can have the chance to build up relationships with characters. So, like, yes, definitely like I'm out of here. Like, I'm going yeah. to the store right now, bye Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a very much like a Persona social link system. And I don't know how this will work. Like, but the fact that you can like you know buddy up uh with your your favorite characters, or maybe you're like, oh, I want to see what you know. Maybe there's like a character you don't really like, but you just you just want to know more about them. Um, very much like Persona, the more the deep, the deeper the bond you create with a character, the more the more they're willing to reveal stuff to you. So I don't know if that's like lore or, or or connected to the story, but like this, just this changes the game. Like holy shit, Persona and Dragon Ball Z Fighters. Like yes, please, please do this. Although like especially for characters that we don't, we literally know nothing about, like Android Twenty One. This is a really huge game changer.
0: And it'd be great to, like, get deeper. Like, if you if you could do characters kind of the way Fire Emblem does it, where you have characters fight side by side, and then they have those social uh, scenes after you fight, it'd be great to see more of, like, Krillin and 18's relationship that you don't get to see on the show. Or, like, Goku and Vegeta as friends, or Vegeta and Trunks, or Trunks and Piccolo, or Trunks and Gohan. Or, or Vegeta Gohan. being a dick yeah? to anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be
2: great. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm wondering I'm wondering if that if social links are tied to like multiple endings. Um, like maybe maybe like, you know, if you have like a greater social link between you and this particular character, or like like Stan said, like greater relationship links between two or three particular characters, will that skew uh endings and uh and and maybe maybe that gives it a lot of replay value. It's like, oh, well, I gotta see all the endings now. That'd be awesome.
0: I'm I'm already like hyped that they have those social scenes. I just wanna see all
2: these characters interacting. So game of the year. Game of the year. <laughs> Hell yeah. So Dragon Ball Z Fighters, keep stay tuned. We're always gonna be talking about Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Fighters on the show. Uh fighters we love watch. this game. We we love we love this game. It was not even out yet, but all the news that comes out is just uh Top from tier.
0: from the way that game played when I played it, and all the stuff I'm hearing about it and seeing about it, and just get more and more excited about this game, it's like the Dragon Ball game that I always wanted. Uh,
2: so that's it about Dragon Ball Fighter News. All right, so this is this strikes really this this strikes really close to my heart, and I'm really really sad about it. But uh, I think it was like earlier, it was earlier. Yeah, it was a few days ago. Uh, EA decided to shut down Visceral Games um, and this was tied to their massive overhaul of their Star Wars game that was I think it was like two or three years in development by Visceral Games um, and I, I love Visceral Games because I love the Dead Space series it's like one of my all-time favorite video game series ever but according to these reports the DXX the at, at EA they felt that uh, through the development process and and through feedback uh, from from the audience, from I guess from QA testers, uh, and just general shifts in like the marketplace and the game industry, um, that they're going to pivot away from their original design. So I mean, how is how their Star Wars game was a really originally pitched? It was supposed to be a story based linear adventure. I'm I'm assuming there's, it's going to be it was going to be primarily single player. Um, with like a multiplayer function uh like Naughty Dogs uncharted based on these shifts and changes uh, and, and attitudes and trends in the marketplace uh they're i don't know how much of a rehaul they're doing but it's it's a definitely going to be a significant rehaul they're going to they said they're going to they're going to preserve their visuals uh their the their connectivity to the Star Wars universe um but they also want to create a broader experience and to create more player agency and to tweak it. Or it's like tweak the core engine and elements of the game. So for when I'm thinking about this, I feel it's like the destiny vacation of the game. Because um, like destiny and like a lot of other games, I feel like they're going to add like, like loot boxes to it, microtransactions I guess more variety, but like I was really, I mean, I i didn't really keep track um, of this game, but I'm, I'm a really big fan of role, and they're like really, really good at their single player design. I mean, Dead Space 3 was a little bit of a misnomer, that was a stumble, but um, I'm just shocked at how long they were working this game, and now they're. Basically rewriting they're like going back to the entire drawing board, and you know visceral visceral Studios are shut down, and they're gonna be sent off into other divisions for e a but I don't know it's a bit of an end of an era, and i mean i've I've no doubt like the Star Wars game will be good whatever product or whatever end product'll it'll'll it'll, it'll create, but I just find it really strange like this late in the game they're they're basically scrapping everything and trying something new.
0: Yeah, it's a real bummer because, I mean, like you said, they did, they did Dead Space. I really loved the Dead Space, um, the first game. I didn't play 2 or 3, but I really enjoyed the first game. 1 and
2: 2 are the best in the game. Okay. Like, 2 takes everything from I from 1 and gives it a slightly more action feel, but it doesn't overdo it. It's still got that that claustrophobic, really intense uh, horror feel, but it gives you a lot more... Yeah, but like, yeah, so like to think Dead Space 2 as aliens to alien um, and it's still like, uh, with Dead Space 3 it went it, it waded way too far into the third person action shooter genre, it wasn't it didn't, I mean, there were still like horror elements, but it, it just didn't feel the same, but Dead Space 1 and 2. I
1: never got around to Dead Space 3, mm. but uh, I, I heard like Pretty
2: bad things about it. So yeah, I just away from it. Instead, uh, I definitely recommend playing Dead Space Two, um, and it's you can get it really cheap on like Steam or PS Three. I mean, it's, it's not not that hard to find.
0: It's just it's a bummer because I was looking forward to this Star Wars game, and it just it makes everything seem a little bit more unstable because if you have, like, EA, which is, like, one of the biggest gaming companies out there, and Star Wars, which is, like, a sure thing, like, everybody loves Star Wars, to have it be like, oh, we canceled this game because it wasn't what we... We decided to pivot, basically, and make it something else, take it in a new direction. Like, that means... That says to me that there's just, like, no confidence in, like, a single-player story experience. Like, everything needs to be... Multiplayer. Everything, everything yeah, needs everything to, be, has to be like a
2: MMO hybrid. There needs yeah. to be like a season pass where yeah. there
0: needs to be loot boxes. Yeah, for certain
1: games such as Destiny, Overwatch, it works. I mean, there's like that online multiplayer campaign, but I feel like with Star Wars, like a one on one story mode would be like really fucking great, and there's so much you can do with it without multiplayer.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at the Star Wars games of the, like, last couple of generations. You know, you had Knights of the Old Republic, you had the Force Unleashed, you had the Jedi Academy game, you had the Jedi Outcast game. There's, like, all these really good—you have Bounty Hunter, right? There's all these really good single-player Star Wars games, and I don't think they need to do this. They already have Anthem coming out, which is Bioware's new thing, instead of, like, another—a ma- good Mass Effect, or, like, another— I'm sure they're making Dragon Age, but like they're this—that's their like destiny, right? And now them doing this with Star Wars, it's like you already have Battlefront 2. You know, there's already the Battlefront series, which is multiplayer and and whatever. It just it just makes me feel like all these big budget games and these huge companies are just trying to make the game industry more homogenized. Make every, like, oh, what what made a lot of money? Destiny. What made a lot of money? Overwatch. Why? Loot boxes and content, right? So let's make all the games like that.
2: It's I mean, like, that's what money talks, and it's really depressing, because, like, you know, there's still there's still a great market. There's still a great uh, library of single-player games are coming out. Like, Wolfenstein 2 is coming out soon. Um, the Evil Within 2 just came out this past week. It's been getting really good reviews. Um, uh, there's Evil when, 7. Yeah, Resident Evil Seven. That's right. Um, I mean, what, what's, what? I mean, I mean, the the argument is that, I mean, you have you have like these single player games, which are you know they're they're great for story, they're great for for gameplay experience. Um, and you know there's some great IPs out there. Um, but there's uh, studios are sinking hundreds of millions of dollars into development, and there's no guarantee that you know there's going to be continual replay value yeah, as opposed to, like, you know, your Destiny or your Overwatch. You know, like, for, for the longest while, games have stayed at the sixty like fifty nine ninety nine retail price for, I think, maybe over almost a, de- a decade by now. And I don't think, you know, I don't think video co- game companies are willing to raise that price because uh, games are expensive as it is already. And if, if a game's... I mean, standard standard um release is going to be like $70 or $80 you know that's going to kill the market um you know so i feel like it it, it is cynical to say it, it is about money and it is i mean so they're trying to look for these other options that could work i was like oh microtransaction seem to work loot boxes seem to work and could, but you know and it's just... you could still you could still
1: have battlefront 2 with a story mode and an online mode
2: I mean Battlefront Two I
0: does think- have a campaign, and that campaign looks good, but like i don't they don't need to do they don't need to do that same formula for every game they put out you know it doesn't need to be the same thing like what are they gonna do to differentiate this new Star Wars game from Battlefront like persistent online people running around together I guess, but I just it just seems. I'm, I'm less interested now that they're trying to pivot towards something that's more Destiny-like. Because I'm not interested in Destiny. Not everyone is. You know, not everyone wants to have a big multiplayer game. I find myself, with the exception of Overwatch, probably, playing more and more games by myself, alone. You know, because we all have crazy schedules, especially as we get older. You know, we, can't, we can barely get all, all four of us in the same room podcast every week. You know, There's like, it's impossible to get all your friends together playing the same game. And so I feel it's it's so much easier to just jump on and do something yourself for a few hours than like try and like corral the crew to play a few rounds or whatever. It's probably easier for Overwatch because Overwatch's been out for a while. Everyone's got Overwatch, right? But like it's not gonna be the same case for every single game. You know, we're not like, oh, it's all by Star Wars now. That's not gonna happen. You know, you're gonna have people buy somebody's gonna buy it, maybe somebody else will buy it later, and then you'll probably never play it together. Like, Andy and I and maybe even you, Chris, we all have Dragon Ball universe 2, I'm sure. We've never played that game online together. We probably never will, <laughs> yeah. you know? But we all play it. So it's like, if if you try to make every game the same, you're just going to have diminishing returns. Because people are going to be like, I have Destiny. Why the fuck am I going to go buy and play it in Star Wars also? I have Battlefront 2. So why would I want this other experience that's like the same thing that I've already paid for? You know? I. But then again, people buy Call of Duty every year, so I don't know. And Madden. I don't know. I just know that like there's a lot of value in single player experiences, and there's a lot of value cater- catering to all kinds of audiences, and not trying to make every game the same because it makes money. You know, sometimes just having a unique idea is enough to get people to buy a game. Look at Near Automata. Play Near Automata. <laughs> True facts. But like it's becoming this increasing thing where like if you want. That single-player experience, you end up going towards more indie games. You know, small, smaller games from smaller teams and, like, relying on big, huge companies to do whatever. Because then they do something where they release something like Mass Effect, and Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't good. And it did really poorly, and now we're probably never going to see another Mass Effect game again. And now they're doing shit like Anthem. And now they're doing shit like this thing with Star Wars and Visceral. Yeah. So it's like, instead of saying, hey, we fucked up because this, let's make it's a It's the market. Mass it's the market's game. fault. Yeah. It's like
2: it's the gamers' fault. It's the gamers who want all the loot boxes, so that's what they want. So oh, it's not it's
0: that. not a Mass Effect and drama that was bad. It was the market, so we gotta do something else. No, Mass Effect and drama
2: was bad. It was not good. I'm so sorry, Stan. So upset. I know I know, I know so really. upset. Just make better games. If you make a good game, people will buy it. I mean, look at look at how much we're, we're hyping over Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, and, like, just make it a really quality game, and people will come back. I think it's very very simple. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: I don't know, like, how any of this stuff works, so I can't claim, like, just do this. But, like, it just seems like, I don't know. There's got to be more than closing down companies and saying, we're going to pivot and make another... Destiny, but this time it's Star Wars. You know? Yeah. Um, I was also very excited to see this game. and Now, I'm, like I said, I'm very less so, now that I've seen all this news come out.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we had to wait even longer, because I I feel like, like with how much of a rehaul this article and other press is insinuating, I feel like it won't come out until I don't know Q three twenty eighteen or maybe twenty nineteen. Who knows? Twenty twenty. I'll see you in twenty twenty with this. Or will
0: I? Because maybe I'll have a kid and, and, and I'll be married <laughs> and I won't have time. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a bummer all around. And I don't. It doesn't portend anything good for the future of like big budget video games.
2: That's why we have to change the system, guys. Go yeah. out and you got
0: to buy your single player games. Support your near automatas of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Just sounds like Stan wants us to buy
2: more Automata. What else is there? What else is good? single Support your Resident Evils. Resident don't, Evils. Don't support your Street Fighter Vs though. Don't do that.
0: Your Uncharted,
2: your Sign Two, your Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, The Witcher.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with Link. that. It's like <laughs> it's like tight.
2: Nintendo and Sony, the only two like big
0: companies that are like doubling down on the single player stuff.
2: Ah, uh, not you mentioned, yeah, I think so. It was, oh, that's also another piece of news that I forgot to mention. Um, Sony is, is, is working to create a studio to publish uh, and develop games on the Switch, which is really cool. So they're joining forces now. So maybe we can get some single-player experiences from the both of them. Coming from me. Uh, you know, in this weird but awesome fusion.
0: Give me give me a game with Crash Bandicoot Mario and Sonic, and they're just like going cross-country. To like find Luigi, Coco,
2: <laughs> and Tails. Yes. Oh, that'll be, be awesome. Well, now that we mentioned the Switch, do you think it's a good time to hop into our next news topic? Sure.
0: Yeah. While Andy figure out figures out what's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Nintendo Switch switches firmware update. I think it's version four. this released early in the week so it has a bunch of uh, updates and enhancements so uh, you now have video capture functions for select games Uh, so far there's only five games you can capture video on and um, it's only like 30 second video intervals which I find a little bit short but uh, but you can you can share it to social media so the five games you can share or capture video on It's uh, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8, Deluxe, ARMS, Splatoon 2, and Mario Odyssey when it comes out. You can now transfer user profiles and save data to a new console, which was a huge glaring um, weakness when it first launched, but they have finally addressed it. Uh, they've updated and improved the activity log on your Switch. Uh, you know, I have the ability to pre-purchase certain games on the Switch's eShop, and now you have support for USB wireless headsets.
0: Nice.
2: So, seems like a pretty cool or pretty cool all-around um updates. They, they uh they repaired some of the, <laughs> the more cataclysmic uh game-breaking ones, and they have some new features now. So, um, how are you guys enjoying your Switches? And is there any any new games on the Switch that you're really excited for? I mean, oh, like, you know, like, like Do- Marvel, Doom is Fire coming,
0: Warriors.
2: Yeah, and then Doom's coming back, and um, I just drew a blank. But there's like this other really cool side scroller beat em up that's coming on the this- Actually, I think it's-, it's on the Switch already. It's called uh, Volvoblade. It's like it's like Castle Crashers except with Vikings, and it sounds awesome. So that- I'm looking- I'm really looking forward to that.
1: I think right now the only thing I've really been playing was like Splatoon 2.
0: Yeah, Splatoon 2, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I'm still kicking around Breath of the Wild and Mario comes out next week, so that's Robbie. New Donk City we're here.
1: See see my problem is Mario comes out next week, but the following week Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon come out. Oh, snap. That's,
0: that's right. all you. I'm not on that. I'm <laughs> I'm not on that wagon. This I year. mean I'm on that wagon.
1: I'm the goddamn Pokemon master. I have to be on yeah,
0: that. You are Pokemon correspondent.
2: I'm really excited but, for the new Pokemon because like, I was reading articles of how there's so much new story content being added in Ultra.
1: Oh, Ultra. that's another thing for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It is officially confirmed to be the last 3DS Pokemon game. Yes. The end of bye. an era. Oh no.
0: Peace. No, no, because now it's gonna be on the Switch. Yes.
1: Yeah, now it's Switch Pokemon oh, game. Oh yeah, and it's gonna be the first time we get like uh, a main continuity Pokemon game on a console.
2: Yeah, on a home console. Yeah. Uh, Andy, how uh, do you want to talk about the Gotham premiere?
1: Uh, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Gotham. Uh, I know everyone's heard my like. Flip flop on like Gotham sucks to season one, and then season two it's fucking amazing, and then season three I spoke really highly about it. Season four so much better than all of that shit. And now
2: we're in season five. Uh, we're, in season five. we're in season
1: four. Right oh, season four oh, season
2: four. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So, so this season of Gotham is just like so insane. Penguin. Finally has the Iceberg Lounge. There's some shit going on with uh, Rindler where he's not smart anymore. That's weird. Yeah, he was like frozen by Mr. Freeze. And when he got thawed out, uh, he he just like, he wasn't smart anymore. He was on ice for like five months. So he's trying to like figure out that. Uh, they just introduced Solomon Grundy. Oh,
2: yeah, I've been seeing
1: posters for that everywhere. Oh, my God, so good. And Bruce Wayne is basically Batman.
2: And, uh... So, so like, you're one Batman? Like, is he wearing, like, the... Like, all this tech gear, but, like, a ski mask, or does he ha- actually have, like, a pseudo he, version of the cowl?
1: Actually, he actually has, like, a cowl, but without the bat ears. Okay.
2: Um, he, so it sounds very much like Batman year 1 version at the a
1: little a little okay. bit um mm-hmm. he has this suit that Lucius made for him and he didn't tell Lucius what it was for but like Lucius Lucius a smart guy so um
0: <laughs> Lucius I I've, I've been getting into larping lately can you uh, make me a battle coat
1: no he actually uh so Okay, so the, the whole thing, he said he Marping started getting Mr. into rock, rock rock, climbing, and uh, Alfred, Alfred playing like the overprotective dad was like, yeah, well, we need it to be able to, like, we need the, the hands and feet to be able to, like, grip onto any surface so it's not slip, and we need it made out of, like, Something white but something very protective in case he falls. So he was just like, yeah, I may do this, like, Kevlar white suit for rock climbing. And <laughs> so he's wearing this, like, pretty weird-ass looking suit. But it's kind of cool. Uh, he's not calling himself Batman.
0: He's Nightman now.
1: That makes me think of Nightman from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, that's why I said it. I said it.
1: <laughs> so um, Bruce's whole thing was like he wanted to do this until he found Rajagopal because him and Rajagopal have some like beef, and he wasn't going to do it until he stopped Rajagopal. So in the recent episode, he like stopped Rajagopal. And he was about to, like, throw his Kevlar suit in, like, fire. And Alpha was like, no, nah, you need to be a hero wait, to this wait, city. Wait, are you
0: telling me that 15-year-old Bruce Wayne punked out Rajal al the leader of the League of Shadows?
1: Uh, it's it's a little more cynical than that. Uh al Ghul basically tricked him into doing something that he wanted because that's what the fuck Rajagul does, but uh I think he's going to make a, a huge, like, he's going to be a huge impact on this season, I think, but I think it's pretty cool that, like, they show these different sides of Bruce and Alfred and Riddler that we don't really get to see, and uh I know as much as people hate that, like, that these villains are coming out before Batman. I, I like it a lot more.
2: Well, I mean, it's their own continuity. So they, I mean, they. it's, I mean, they're just playing, they're playing the sandbox, but, you know, it's it's very different from what we know in the comics and the TV show or like the, the cartoons and the movies. But I mean, I mean, it's, if it's entertaining, that's great. So.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's, it's, like, really good. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of the comic books, I don't know, maybe it'll be a little hard to watch. But, like, I don't fucking read Batman comics. I know a lot about them, but I don't read them. I don't really care much about Batman anyway. I care more about, like, Dick Grayson and the villains. And this is what this show gives me. But, yeah, that was basically all I got to say. Awesome. Hell, yeah. Check out Gotham. Shit
2: is good. And check back uh, a couple episodes ago where, I think it was like maybe three or four episodes ago where, uh, Andy, you got, to m- you got to meet all the cast of Gotham during I did. Hero- Yeah, Heroes, Heroes and Villains, Villains Fest. So.
1: And uh, David, the kid that plays Bruce, he's actually very, uh, from what it seems like, he's very, like, timid about how he portrays Bruce Wayne. He doesn't really, like, wanna offend anyone.
2: I mean it's Bruce Wayne. I think that's that's great. That's uh I mean that's that's really cool that he's very conscious and wants to you know yeah, be the but best interpretation.
1: I honestly I think he is like one of the best like people that you could have casted for a child Bruce Wayne. I I think he fits the role
2: perfectly and he portrays it very well. Well check out Gotham and you know stay tuned and maybe uh, Andy will do episode recaps, or um, and just let us know. Uh, send us a tweet. Send us a message. Uh, what you think of Gotham season four? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear opinions on that. Uh, so this is a good transition from Gotham, but let's go into comic book news and pools. Um, so uh, there's only one piece of news, um, but uh, I selected this specifically for Stan, because I feel like he would be really interested, and I'm really, really interested in this too, so uh, Squirrel Girl number 26 is coming out next month, uh, and it's going to be this really interesting uh, zine episode, where the premise of it, Squirrel Girl is, is roping together a whole bunch of her uh, superhero, I guess supervillain friends um, into making this uh, comic fanzine, and the premise of it is, um, all the, all the people who are working on the zine, they're writing their own stories and it's being represented, it's being written and drawn from artists and creators inside and outside of the Marvel Comics, uh, creative team. So one of the stories that they teased in an episode or in an issue of Entertainment Weekly, um... Jim Davis, the creator of Garfield, he's going to be working on it and he's going to be working on a comic uh, written from Galactus' standpoint or point of view, but written uh, as an homage or in the flavor of uh, Garfield. So basically, he's like, yeah, Galactus is totally like Garfield. He's like, he he, j- he just eats everything in his path and and he. he, he he hates Mondays and he bullies around Silver Surfer slash John Arbuckle, so he's gonna make a comment. So it's basically Garfield as Galactus and and John as Silver Surfer, and you actually read this, um, uh, or you can read a tease of it on Entertainment Weekly Weekly's uh, article, which I'll post a link in who, the show notes. Who would be Odie? Oh, that's a good question. Um... See, I don't really know, like Silver Surfer, Galactus lore very well. Um, I mean, that's also like Fantastic Four lore as okay. well. Uh, Reed, Richards. Uh, Reed Richards. Richards. Dan, any, so Reed Richards, any any thoughts? Yeah, it's Reed
0: Richards. Garfield doesn't like Odie, oh. but people usually like Odie, and so is Reed Richards. And and Odie and John Arbuckle get get along really well, so. Reed Richards and Silver Surfer get along together really, really well. So, I guess that kind of makes sense. Who's normal though?
2: Who's like, who's um, like? There's are a lot of really girlfriend? interesting stories uh, other than. Chris is normal. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like my Skype is really glitching. I did not hear. Uh, who's normal? Um. Right, I need. I need to do some research. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Nermal is apparently Garfield's
0: main and direct nemesis for the Garfield franchise. Apparently, I don't know anything about Garfield. So.
2: oh uh... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Garfield has an absolute hatred for Nermal. And Nermal's like, he's so oblivious. Well, Normal, he's like so happy, go lucky, doesn't really care. But, like, he also is kind of snarky to Garfield at times. Um but I don't know. I still I mean I don't know enough about like Jack Kirby verse stuff to give you accurate portrayals or anecdotes for or analogs right, we, I'm sorry We wow, don't
0: know God. enough about anything <laughs> <laughs> Either Cosmic uh, Marvel or Garfield, it's all the same to us.
1: If Galactus is Garfield, I feel like Thanos would be normal. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that makes there a lot of go. sense. Yes. Right. Yes. Because they're both Gone. trying to, like, rule the galaxies, so it's like they step on each other's toes.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, did we say. I, I, I missed a whole bunch of a conversation because, like, Skype. Alright, so. Odie. Who's Odie? Odie is Reed Richards. Okay. okay. Uh, we got. We got John.
1: Galactus as uh, Garfield. 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 John is Silver, Silver, Silver. Surfer. And Thanos is normal.
0: Perfect, it's done.
1: Perfect, we cracked the code. We did it, guys.
0: Get Bill Murray to voice Galactus and send sent that to the movies. Why is it? Why is it
1: when us three come together? There's always some like weird fan fiction.
2: Because this is what we do. This is the writers' room. This is this is our story break room. But I, I'm really excited for this Garfield story. Um, there's also some other really cool stuff that's also going to be in the zine. So, uh, Michael Cho is doing a Craven the Hunter story. Uh, oh, I need and, to read that. Yeah. Uh, what's There's going to be a story. Oh, there's a Spider Man story. Uh, Chip Zdarsky and Erica Henderson are doing the Howard the Duck story. Nice. Uh, Rick, Rico Renzi is doing a Tippy Toe story. I'm not sure who. Who are what a tippy toe
0: is?
2: Tippy toe is squirrel. Squirrel Oh, oh, that's right. That makes a lot of sense now. Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah. So basically, tippy done... come on, in, man. How do you sti- not know that? I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm lame. Tippy toe. But yeah, tippy toes gonna be is gonna be done in the style Batman. So yeah, it's oh really cool. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't. Wait. Yeah. This is Yeah. This is great. Um, there's a sample on it in the on the on the. Um, on the article from EW, but the squirrel is dressed up in a in a cowl. It, it's wearing uh, like a, a pink, or it has a cape. It has a pink cowl, and he's uh, uh, Tippy Toe is um, like knocking out this acorn burglar guy. So it's looking oh really good. Oh my god! It looks really good.
1: And Tippy signal is an acorn with wings.
2: Yes, yeah, that looks amazing. I'm really loving this really weird experimental zine thing. I want, I want more of this. I'm, I hope this isn't the last time like, a zine thing. The Kraven one
0: weird. is really good because Kraven like just jumping out of his coffin and chasing death with a spear. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> what? And,
2: then, and then he gets like, then he's, then he has like a, I don't know, is he giving? He's being adored and cheered on by this by the city afterwards. Yeah, really... I love Kraven.
0: I love what they've done with Kraven in the Scroll Girl comics. It's just like he's. I would never expect of all all the people in Marvel universe for Kraven to be like a recurring side character in Squirrel Girl and it to be like a really great I guess it kind of
1: it kind of makes sense if it's for like it doesn't make sense for really anyone else besides like Squirrel Girl because he is a hunter and she's like a squirrel yeah. so like
0: it's like, kind of it makes it's sense. It's so funny, but though, because when, when you read really the Spider-Man movie. comics, Craven's like, super Spider-Man scary and he's, like, the ultimate scary. hunter, but then, like, oh, he doesn't, yeah, sure. doesn't want to hunt Squirrel Girl because, girl because it's, like girl. it's just, like, who hunts squirrels? So he's, like, buddies with Squirrel no, Girl. No, yeah, but
1: that's what I'm saying. So, like, you don't really... Like, if there's a comic that he should be recurring in, Squirrel Girl is that comic because, I mean, he's a hunter and then we got the animal. So it's, like...
0: The most previous issue of Squirrel Girl issue 25, Craven, the Hunter and Squirrel Girl teamed up to fight a version of Ultron that was a T-Rex. Yo! (laughs) So they joined forces to fight a T-Rex, Ultron, in the Savage Lands.
2: That's crazy. That sounds dope. So read Squirrel Girl. Read Squirrel Girl. Especially number 26, which comes out in November, because this issue sounds amazing. And that's it for the comic book news. Uh, But we can go into our pools. Uh, So Andy, you want to start?
1: Yeah, so um... mine is uh, Nightwing: The New Order, Issue Three. I haven't picked up Issue One or Two yet, but I plan on picking all three of them up Wednesday.
0: Apparently, mm-hmm. Nightwing's a dad ki- in this one.
1: Oh, really? This is like an alt universe where he's trying to kill everyone, so and he's, also yeah, yeah, a dad. A, he's also a dad. That makes him almost a worse father than Goku.
2: Uh, but you know, Gohan and Goten, you know, they they turned out pretty okay. So, all right,
1: Gohan was raised by Piccolo, and Goten was raised by Gohan. So, yeah. this is true. Chi Chi, this is true. Kind
2: of give it up for Chi Chi.
1: Yeah,
2: Chi Chi. I mean, obviously Chi Chi, but I'm
1: saying like the father figure. That's
2: true. That's true. Mm. Piccolo, best dad. Yeah,
1: but
0: yeah,
2: best dad. Best, grandpa, dad <laughs> best
1: grandpa too. Dad of the year.
2: Grandpa. Yeah.
1: That's grip. <laughs> I just want to make a side note. Uh, earlier yesterday, when I was watching Dragon Ball Super, uh, they show like this little snippet of Gohan and Piccolo fighting together, and I was like, "Nice! It's nice to see a father-son combo <laughs> once in a while." <laughs> I want to Quality see a father bonding son, time.
0: Father-son special beam cannon. I want to see that.
1: Yo I had said yesterday, I was like I will lose my
2: shit if they do a Father Son special beam <laughs> cannon. that would be so good. Please do that. A curator Amazon, please listen to this podcast and do it somewhere in Fighter Z or Super. That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure.
0: Alright, Chris, what's your picks?
2: Uh, my picks. Uh, so I got. I actually got a, quite a handful. Uh, so I got Batman the Merciless number one, since so the next one in the Dark Multiverse tie in. So, the Merciless is based on the Dark Multiverse version of Wonder Woman, which is really interesting. Unlike uh, last week, I don't. I don't have any idea of how to story break it, but it's gonna be an evil, evil Bat Wonder Woman creature thing. So I'm really excited to, to read it. Um, you also have. DC House of Horror number one. So, this is going to be a one-shot where it's a bunch of super spoopy DC Universe themed uh, comics. Oh, nice. I didn't know about that. Thanks, Chris, for that poll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's really cool. So, like, there's a bunch of really interesting story hooks. Like, um, they turn the Superman origin story into like this alien invasion story where Martha Kent's fighting for her life from a creature that uh, uh, Emerges from a spacecraft that lands in a farm ha- in a farmhouse, which is really cool. Uh, there's a young woman who's being possessed by the spirit of a murderous Amazon warrior. Um, there's like this uh, one story where the last surviving member of the Justice League is uh, like, I guess, fighting for their lives. Uh, so that's really cool, and this is I I feel like this is the first time DC has done this. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, out there, audience. If, the, if DC has done anything similar to this, uh, let us know because it sounds really cool. And this is an anthology one shot, so a whole bunch of different artists uh, and writers are working on this. Um, Flash thirty three, Bats out of Hell Part one. So this is a, another tie into the Dark Knight uh, metal story. It's basically uh Flash facing off against the the Red Death, which looks just—I'm so excited for this. Uh, like shit's just going even worse uh, because of the Dark Multiverse, and um, you know the Seven Dark Knights of the Dark Multiverse are freaking havoc. So Flash and this Dark Universe Flash are are going to face off. In did this you one, did you I'm read?
0: Really did you get a chance to read the the Red Death one shot, Chris?
2: Yeah, I, I picked that out, Yeah, did- I'm behind. I didn't get a chance to read the Drown yet. But so. you read
0: the Red Death one?
2: Yeah. So, that's...
0: They're like, alright, Andy, listen. So, br- Bruce Wayne straps the Flash to the hood of the Batmobile, which is like retrofitted with parts of the cosmic treadmill, so that Batman can steal the speed force from Barry and use it for himself. But, what turns out, to happen is that he starts gunning the Batmobile, stealing the Speed Force. They both burn away and fuse into one body. And so it's like Bruce Wayne is in control of the body, but Barry Allen is always, like, whisp- like trying to fight back, and, like, you hear him, like, whispering in, like...
1: So, so, it's basically Bruce Wayne is the Flash with a Barry Allen conscious?
0: Sort of, yeah. And, like, I... Because him... Barry and the Batmobile went through the Speed Force. I feel like he's part Batmobile, also. <laughs> <laughs> like his his outfit so has to be like the so Batmobile. he's like
1: Flash, like, Batman, Inspector Gadget. Yeah.
0: But there's like these moments where like he take he takes off his mask and his face is like vibrating like on the TV show. But then like part of Barry Allen's face will like sprout out of the side of Bruce Wayne's face, and he's like "fuck you," and then they fuse again. <laughs> it's crazy. I read the, I I read the Drown though, and that's interesting because that universe is all gender swapped. So instead of Bruce Wayne, it's Bryce Wayne, and she's really pissed off because they killed Syve- Sylvester Kyle, her like husband or her fiance or whatever. Is there Joe Chill? No, there's no Joe Chill. I'm very <laughs> no! but Man. basically I the. Atlanteans come, like Aquaman shows up, and they try to fight with the the land people, and then to fight them back, Bryce like surgically implants herself with gills, and then <laughs> what the fuck, and then kills. She becomes Kevin Costner, and then kills Aquaman and takes her trident and becomes like this underwater like bat like. Th-
2: Wait, does it try to have like monarch like power? I don't know, like... like
0: but I it's I don't know, it's crazy. And then she like That should sound like, insane. Yeah, and then she goes to the normal universe and then she like takes Mera and she turns her into like a water zombie and so is like trying to kill Aquaman and I don't know. It's just this yeah. this is some I crazy love it. Shit going I love on. it all.
2: It's so good. Dark nights. I just want dark universe, everything, dark multiverse, everything. It's just yes, I just want. I want movies about it. I want a TV show about it. I want everything. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um. So that's so there's yeah, there's that. Um. I, I missed out on Gotham City Garage number one, and number two is coming out this week. So I want to pick try to pick both of those up. Uh. It's basically, um. I, I guess similar to. Uh, the, my other pool like Samurai Jack, Quantum Jack, uh, one and two, uh, this it's like alternate elseworlds kind of uh title where, um, Lex Luthor has created this utopia, but it's ruthlessly kept in order by Batman, um, and there's like a resistance group. It's basically a bunch of the the DC universe heroines as biker gangs. And it's awesome. Like like the the cover for the first one is Wonder Woman on this really sick looking, uh, Canada Akira looking red motorcycle, um, and I just love it. Just just give me all that Mad Max biker gang kind of stuff. And similar to that, uh, with Samurai Jack, Quantum Jack. This is a series I just found out. Um, it's basically quantum quantum leap meets Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack going through parallel or alternate dimensions, and the first one also had Jack leading a biker gang, although I feel like that's really, really similar to Samurai Jack season 5, at least the first couple episodes, but I'm not complaining, uh, and, and number two, um, Jack is going to be a luchador wrestler, which sounds really amazing, so I I need this in my life right now, and that's that's the rest of my picks.
0: Cool, alright, so... My picks. We got, um, Action Comics 990, which is the continuation of the uh, Oz arc. Um, Dr. Oz is actually Jor-El. I'm just gonna call him Dr. Oz. He's Jor-El. Right? And he's trying to convince Superman to leave Earth. And it's all it's 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 crazy, but, like, one of the interesting parts about this arc for me is that Jor-El is, like, interacting with the rest of Superman's cast, so not just... It's interesting seeing an adult Clark Kent interacting with an adult Jor-El who's, like, super cynical about Earth and the people on Earth, but it's also really interesting to see Jor-El interact with Lois Lane, like, his daughter-in-law, and to be like, wow, like, I'm your father-in-law, Jor-El, and then also interacting with Jonathan, who's, like, his grandfather, so it's cool. Yeah, his grandfather, so it's cool to see, like, those interactions, and I'm just waiting to see where this art goes, and I'm mostly along for the ride because I'm in int- anticipation for Ac- Action Comics 1000, which is the count 990, so there's nine issues to go until we get to Action Comics 1000, and yeah, it's really cool, yeah. Really cool. Um, oh,
1: question. Yeah. Has he interacted with like Supergirl at all? No, not not know? yet.
0: I I want that to happen though because it'd be like, hey, it's your uncle. That would be fucking yeah, cool. yeah. I just I need I need to see that happen. It should happen. Scarlet Spider number nine is coming out. Um, Scarlet Spider is fighting with and jo- and aligning himself with members of the Slingers. And if you don't know who the Slingers are, um, there's this weird arc in the 90s where spider-man adopted all these identities that weren't spider-man so he was like ricochet and hornet and something else and then after that all those different costumes became heroes themselves because other people took up those mantles and they became those characters so there was like a a short series called slingers that had these characters they used to be alternate identities of spider-man But they aren't anymore, and now they're in Scarlet Spider, and now they're fighting with Scarlet Spider. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's still in Vegas. Vegas is still like post apocalyptic right now, so it's pretty cool. It's just it's weird because they it's like they bring they're bringing back all the '90s Spider Man stuff, like even more than just the clones, like having the slingers in it. It's like really weird, but it's cool. Um, And all new Wolverine twenty six is my last pick. Just something to say, Chris.
2: Yeah, why is Vegas post-apocalyptic? Because a like, Secret because...
0: Empire, Chris. Why aren't you following? <laughs> oh, along?
2: Captain oh, I don't, I don't... blew up Las Vegas. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know the Scarlet Spider was set in the Secret Empire universe. I'm sorry. I, I don't read. Something. Oh,
1: so from what Stan explained a few weeks ago, uh, it seems like they they wrote. Scarlet Spider going to Vegas, but no one told them that Vegas was going to be exploded for Secret Empire. Yeah, so there was a
0: long time where they were just chilling hard in Las Vegas, and I'm like, but you know, like, and it was just this whole thing where all of Secret Empire was happening, but at the same time Scarlet Spider was going on, they were just like chilling in Las Vegas and nothing was happening. But then finally in the previous issue, or two issues ago, they were like, before Secret Empire, and it was just one page where, where Ben and, and Kane are, like, just chilling on a building and talking, and everything is, like, nice and, like, sparkly in Las vegas and then it was, like, you turn the page, it was, like, after Secret Empire, and it's, like, just fucking a war zone, like, everything is, like, Mad Max, people are, like, sleeping in the casinos, and, like, there's, like, people fighting in the streets, and, like, Ben Riley is just trying to keep everything together, so they finally caught up with that, so that's cool. Wow. Um,
2: Singer Empire just messed up everything, didn't it? Yeah, it
0: also messed up Iron Man because Infamous Iron Man was taking place with Doctor Doom interacting with S.H.I.E.L.D. and, um, what's her name? Uh, Peggy Carter's dog, uh, daughter, Sharon Carter, who was the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. before Captain America became Nazi or whatever. And then the thing was part of SHIELD, but now Secret Empire happened and Infamous Iron Man ended, and then SHIELD is no more, and so everyone all the characters are there still, but Ben Grimm's just hanging around, he's like, I don't got a job anymore, but I'm still gonna fall around Doctor <laughs> Doom. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: Who needs the fantastic? Yeah, four? It's,
0: it's it's weird. I don't know. But um anyway, only Wolverine twenty-six has um Laura teaming up with Docken and they're like Going to team up and do some shit because there's there's this group of villains called Orphans of X and they're trying to kill them. So what better way to get the brother and sister back together than this arc? Um, did you know that there's about eight or nine Wolverines right now?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, and you know, and then OG Wolverines coming back, which we talked about a couple. Oh, weeks he's already ago. back. I thought
1: I thought, I thought there were only like four.
0: All right. uh, Andy, I wrote down. I wrote the list. You want to hear all nine? Oh. All nine. Okay. me. all right so you got you got Wolverine who's Logan right he's his regular he came back then you have old man Logan who is part of X-Men gold team um then you have Laura Kinney who's old Wolverine previously X23 then you have Dakin who's Wolverine's son right then you have Gabby who's Laura's clone so she's a clone of a clone but also young and so basically Gabby's little sister. Um, then you have Jonathan, who's an actual Wolverine, and Gabby's pet. Then you have Jimmy Hudson, who's Ultimate Wolverine's son, who came to this universe to be part of the X-Men Blue team. Then you have... Well,
1: wait, wait. <laughs> yes? Hold on. So, so the Deccan we have is regular Deccan no uh, Ultimate?
0: No, there's no Ultimate Deccan as far as I know. Deccan is regular Marvel Universe's wolverine's son jimmy hudson is ultimate wolverine from the ultimate universe's son but he is also in this current universe <laughs> and he doesn't have a dad because well genetically, so wolverine
1: genetically basically has two sons sort of and and they have two
2: dads i i guess yes they've
0: got three dads because they have old man logan
2: <laughs> well, yeah,
1: Ultimate Logan and regular Logan. And
0: well, Ultimate Wolverine, who's not around. He's dead, but everyone's got through.
1: Oh, yeah, but he's not around. I'm saying right now.
0: Yeah, right, in this yeah, right now. Yeah, where was I? Okay, you got you got Bellona, who is another one of Laura's clones, but she's fully grown, but she's like an assassin, and she's sort of kind of a bad guy, but not really. And then you have Weapon H, which is a Hulk Wolverine.
2: Yeah, the the hybrid one, yeah. So, nine, count them, nine Wolverines running around right now. Too many. Too many Wolverines. I don't, I do not know. (laughs) There are more X Men characters than Wolverine Marvel. Get your shit straight.
0: (laughs) No, they're like, we need young, we need him young, we need him old, we need his son, we need his other son, we need him as Hulk. Yeah, we need a real Wolverine. Listen, anybody in all new Wolverine is fine with me. Because that's, that's. Laura, that's Gabby. That's Jonathan, the real Wolverine. And there's Dakin. That's all, and and fine, Logan. Whatever, if you want, but like, there's too many Wolverines. We don't need Ultimate Wolverine, son. <laughs> we don't need him. I'm sure we can do without Jimmy Hudson. Okay.
2: All right. Uh, is that it for your poll stand? Was the polls cool? Uh so we're gonna wrap it up with a quick review of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So I watched that yesterday. Um it was really good. Um so just to recap, uh this takes place thirty years after the original um Blade Runner. Um there's a lot of stuff that happened in between Just to re
0: recap though, Andy and I haven't seen Blade Runner 1.
2: Okay, so let me okay, so to recap the first Blade Runner uh, this takes place in 2019, so two years from now. And um, based
0: on Isaac Asimov's "Do
2: Sheep Do
0: Android Dream of Electric
2: Sheep?" I'm sorry, it's Philip K. Dick. Oh my god, I'm leaving. <laughs>
0: you need to cut that out of the podcast.
2: I feel very bad. Philip, do, do you want
0: to do you want, do you want to rephrase that? Philip K. Dick's do Android Dream of Electric Sheep?
2: There you go there you go and it's a so it's a dystopian sci-fi uh work where um LA is just messed up it's like it's it's dominated by megacorporations the the world is like depleted of natural resources to too, many, too many wolverines too many nuclear wars um this is a future where synthetic humans known as replicants are are bioengineered but there's one mega corporation called the Tyrell. Alright, to be
0: fair, Isaac Asimov wrote iRobot, which is like basically like the same premise. Okay. Alright, keep going.
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, all these um all these replicants, they're sent off world to colonies uh, beyond our system to mine and stuff. And that's how that's why these megacorporations corporations are so powerful, because they have so many Uh, of these lucrative operations, resources. Resources. And there's a fugitive group of replicants um, led by one in particular named Roy. uh, Roy Batty. That escaped back to Earth. So Harrison Ford plays Rick Deckard. And he's a burnt out veteran LA cop. Um, uh, He's most, he's he's Specifically, a Blade Runner, which is a type of cop that searches down or searches and retires, or you know, basically kills uh, rogue replicants. And during his investigations, Deckard meets another advanced prototype replicant named Rachel, uh, which causes him to question his mission and to sow doubt and stuff. So it's a very much a very very classic neo noir story. Uh and it was really pinnacle in establishing cyberpunk um as like a really popular medium, a really or a really popular z- genre. Um it has it's incredibly popular. So many movies, TV shows, books have homaged it. It's in the Library of Congress's uh, National Archives. Um so it's really, really popular. Um so since then uh, it's 30 years later. Uh, a lot of has happened. Um, so, new series of replicants have been made. Uh, at one point in time, uh, replicants were banned altogether. Um, but now, a new corporation called the Wallace Corporation has uh, got, they got like public approval to start remaking them again, except they're more obedient. Um, if you watch the the Shin- Shinichiro Watanabe uh, anime prequel, Blade Runner 20, 2022, which is on uh, Crunchyroll, so you can watch it right now. Uh, it's an anime short uh, detailing some of the major events in between the two films. So some really major events. There was an event called The Blackout, which was a coordinated attack by the replicant freedom movement to try to erase all records of replicants. Um uh, by using like a coordinated nuclear and bombing strike on the record center. And now we're at 2049 where you have Ryan Gosling as the main character. He's a uh, the latest iteration of the replicants. He's like the ninth, the ninth model of the replicant, like the Nexus nines, I think. Um, and he's uh, th- these models are much more obedient. And he's, his mission is to uh, search out the last remnants of the rogue replicant resistance movement and eliminate them. And the crux of the story uh, comes to play where in his mission, he clears out an area and finds a mysterious box underneath the tree on, on this farmhouse. And it's revealed that in this uh, and that box contains the remnants of a older model nexus replicant that gave birth and in the logic or in the world of the but in the logic of the story of the world of the universe of the universe replicants are not supposed to or they're not it's considered impossible for them to give birth so uh, this child who was born like 20 30 years ago Uh, uh, represents an incredibly huge risk to the uh, I guess like the politics and the social order because humans and replicants hate each other and this baby uh, represents the impetus for like like a giant civil war between replicants and humans so uh, we follow Ryan Gosling uh, his his character's name is K on uh, trying to find out the truth and it goes through more neo-noir stuff, lots of twists and turns, lots of crazy uh, dark twists, and and I really, really enjoy this flick. I'm not going to say anything more about the plot, um, but I think uh, from what people have been telling me ever since the movie came out, it definitely stands up um, alongside the original Blade Runner. It's a really worthy um, successor uh even after 30 years so uh, a lot like how Mad Max Fury Road was an amazing film also like 30 years later after Beyond Thunderdome came out um the film has this incredible immersive uh visual style the sound design is incredible like it's Hans Zimmer um and like the, the the sound design is just crazy synth wave, uh, and it just really enthralls you. And you you're made to like when you're in the theater, you you just feel so small, and the world feels so big. Like like this entire world is all dystopian, like, and there's like, mega corporations, uh, and like it's really dark and seedy. it Has like classic. Uh, features of like dark chiaroscuro shir- shooting and and lighting like he's- like you he's see in a lot of noir films um the spectacles of like all the like these giant corporations and gi- like uh asian inspired motifs where you have like giant moving anime billboards and um and like you have like this dark city underbelly or of where everything's dirty and where, like messed up uh, and, like, full of crime, but still futuristic at the same time, uh, um, and I really, really enjoyed the flick, uh, it's, it's very, it's a really, really worth a successor, uh, I had, I, there was, like, some leaps of logic, and I didn't know if the story was a little bit inconsistent on its own story logic, or if there was something I missed, because it's because it's been a while since i seen the first flick, and it's, um, or maybe I also saw it, so, or just saw it for only once, so maybe I have to revisit it. But there's some uh, like, I guess, minor leaps in logic. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that was intentional to spark debate, or maybe, or maybe this, I, I was missing something, but that didn't detract overall from the story. Um, I guess like things that just kind of bothered me uh, was one like how the director depicted women. I I don't feel like women like the female characters here had a very strong or or as were, as powerful role as it could have been. Like Robin Wright, she she's in here. Uh, I mean, she was killing it a Wonder Woman, and she plays Kay's boss, and she was really awesome. But I felt like she was underused. Um, um, and then all, all the female characters are basically like either side characters or they're all promptly killed off. Um, I mean, you had some, some, some badass moments, but, uh, it seemed, I, I feel like, I feel like there should have been more done with the female characters. Cause like when, when they're there on the screen, they're, they're, their, their acting's really good, but I feel like I felt like this was mostly Ryan Gosling's and Harrison Ford's story, which is okay because it's a Blade Runner story. But I feel like, given how big the world is, they should give more credence to those female characters. And also, like the image is kind of weird. Like you, ha- you had m- like a lot of like these colossal, like female, like so overly overtly colossal and ver- really really super sexualized images like this is one scene again going back to uh talk about las vegas like there uh the story moves to las vegas and it's also uh, uh, there's like a nuclear bomb went off near there and it's all it's like it's like the ruins of a are, are it's all broken down and destroyed and irradiated and you have like these giant monolithic Colossal statues of, like, women in, like, really sexual poses, wearing high heels. And it just seemed really forced to put that kind of imagery in there. I I, mean, I guess, like, if we're going for that dystopic feel, that's okay. But I just, it just didn't feel, it just didn't seem to fit. I don't know. That Maybe that's just me. Um, But other than that, oh, also, like, it's also really weird. Like, you see this a lot in Cyberpunk. Where a lot of Asian motif and imagery inspires like the city, so I mean it's pretty blatant in Blade Runner, where you have like kanji everywhere, you got like anime inspired uh, uh, holograms or like advertising products and stuff. Um, you have like Japanese as like a second, like a li- almost a lingua franca as next to next to English but you basically didn't see any asian characters at all except for um Dave Patista um who plays Drax he's half filipino and he was there but he got uh, he's not there very long um I love and Drax. basically I, I love dave hmm? Bautista. yeah put him in more films um and there's only i can only name like two other instances where like asian characters were in there but they're either like, non-speaking roles, or they're, like... One of them was literally, was literally, like, a pedicure person, and another person was maybe some random person in the crowd. So, I found it really weird how... I don't know. and You can also say it's, like, like token character stuff, but you would think, like, with how huge the impact of Asian culture impacted Cyberpunk in general, you'd think it would be more, but I don't know. That was, those are the two gripes, but other than that, I don't... The, the movie's still really stood on its own um, so if you've if never seen Blade Runner uh, and just went in blind you would get the story pretty down pat you could, and the world's really really well developed so you get that f- instant feeling of like the original Blade Runner and the original source material as well um, but yeah I, so I highly recommend it I would give it like 4 4.5 out of 5 Blade Runners
0: Chris isn't Harrison Ford a robot?
2: So that's a huge debate uh, based on the film's mythology. So this, especially the first film. Because if, wait, if he's a robot, how do you get older? How how uh, do he age? Well, so the movie, the, the movies and so the few movie universes, movie, uh, movie universes go into that. Uh, some models of the Nexus synthesis uh, have natural lifespans. Uh, Are you telling them,
0: me, me, there's toasters that get old and retire and then die? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them have like premature lifespan. So the the um, and one of the big big uh, ongoing mysteries is whether or not uh, Harrison Ford as Deckard was a replicant or not. Uh, this was a very uh, a huge plot point uh, that's constantly debated. Uh, According to Ridley Scott, who directed the first Blade Runner, uh, in his vision, um, Deckard was a replicant. But that's his interpretation. Um, I mean, there's plenty of evidence to support both sides. But from Ridley Scott, he he confirmed or he believes that Deckard is a replicant. Which also, but still, doesn't make sense because like he he gets old, and uh, but you could say he's like an advanced or prototype version of a replicant as well. Which, which adds to the intrigue, and which adds to the endless debates you can have about this movie. So. I
1: have to watch Blade Runner it, and, uh, see for myself. Isn't
0: Blade Runner an alien in the same universe?
2: Uh, I mean, they're d- directed by the same person. I thought I felt
0: like I read something, where they were, like, connected.
2: Uh, let's fact check. Alien.
0: Alright, check it out. New Prometheus material. All right, Tor.com. Okay. New Prometheus material confirms Blade Runner and Alien share Universe. Um, according to a bonus feature on the new Steelbook Blu-ray edition of Prometheus, the answers are confirmed yes, there is a connection between Wayland Corporation and Blade Runner's Tyrell Corporation.
2: Um, okay, cool. So what you're saying is the the, the Xenomorphs are going to come back to Earth and the Robbikits are going to fight them off. Or, Wait, do you guys have any questions or thoughts about blade runner i either the og or 2049 or 2022 you know my
0: biggest question was how robot get old but like i think you did your best job to explain that
2: um well they're not robots they're like synthetic humans yeah yeah, yeah. they're uh, artificial they're like silence.
0: artificial <laughs> human 1817. i i seen dragon ball i know how it works yeah <laughs> The only thing is that I just I just uh, need to watch those movies because it's, I I spent my whole life like for some reason never
2: getting around to watching Blade Runner and I didn't really need to do that. So yeah, I
1: definitely have to watch Blade Runner myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can marathon it now. You could go. You could watch Blade Runner. Uh, I mean, there's multiple cuts, so I don't know which cut to recommend. I want I, I want like the, the one ritual. where he's a robot. I want that one. Okay. Final cut. <laughs> Final cut. Uh, and then you can watch. You can go to Crunchyroll. Watch. Uh, Blade Runner Blackout 2022, and then go to the theater and watch 2049. And then apparently also watch Alien,
0: Aliens, Prometheus, um, Alien Covenant, because it's all the same universe.
2: I then you should watch Life, because that's basically a, an Alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like a backdoor uh, Venom pilot. And then follow
1: up with Alien vs. Predator.
0: Yeah. Yeah, then watch the Predator movies. And then read Archie vs. Predator. And then watch Riverdale. Boom. That
1: is <laughs> uh, Yeah. Jeez. That
0: yeah. means, Art, Runner, wait, wait, hold on. We just connected Blade Runner to Archie, so there.
2: <laughs> now we have to make a Blade Runner Archie comic. This awesome.
0: Jughead a Replicant. Find out next week on Super <laughs> Runner Pals.
2: <laughs> Ryan Gosling comes over. And he, like, he's hunting that Jughead, and like he he like shoots he shoot like shoots him in the arm, and he, he, he's he's straddling and holding him down. And he hold up he hold open his eyeball, scans his eyeball. Oh my God! There's a serial number on Jughead's eyeball. He's a replicant.
0: No wonder he can only eat hamburgers and never get full, because he does he doesn't really need to eat. He's a robot. This is dumb. Let's finish this episode. We're done. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>
2: Goodbye, everybody. Andy, sign us out. Release this well, with uh, more oil. oil.
1: This was the really weird episode one thirty three of Super Nerd Pals. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I was Andy Squirrel. You can get me on
2: Twitter at Sweet Justice One. I'm Christopher Sampson. You can find me on Twitter at Kyo for Hire. That's K Y O Nitro for Hire. I'm Stanley Gudurski.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. Doom. And you can
2: find
1: us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. Uh, you can email us, super nerd Pal, uh, pals at super nerd uh, This podcast is on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Just Google us.
0: Facebook.com slash group slash super pals. Facebook.com slash super nerd Super nerd pals.com, which is now. I'm happy to announce fully up-to-date. Every episode ever is on there. And I mess around with the, the design and the visuals. So it looks pretty. So go, please visit it.
2: And don't forget, we also have Instagram, so go to um, find us on Instagram at SuperNearPals and find us on Tumblr at uh, SuperNearPals.Tumblr.com Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Don't be a robot <laughs> unless
0: you have to. I mean, I'm not I'm not judging you. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>